know, we're looking at the book of Mark, and one of the great things about the book of Mark is it outlines the life of Jesus for us. It shows us what he accomplished, uh, the miracles that he did, uh, trying to communicate to his disciples who he was, though they still were uh, challenged to figure that out. Uh, despite him trying to be crystal clear for them, it still was uh, difficult. And yet we look at it on this side of history and we kind of think, why didn't they understand it? And uh, yet sometimes we struggle as well. And Jesus, of course, had a, a knack for trying to communicate to people with parables. And that's what we find in uh, the book of Mark, Mark chapter 4, that we're going to look at today. And we're going to talk about uh, some soil. And uh, I, I was thinking about this because over the last few months while we have been um, living a little bit differently and trapped inside, I decided to do some gardening. And I discovered that it's very important uh, the kind of soil that you have uh, will determine whether things grow or not. And so I've got some okra and I've got some corn that's still trying to, uh, to make it. I don't think it's going to. Uh, some pepper, some watermelon that I th probably planted late, but looks like it's going to try to at least put out one watermelon. And uh, I was beginning to ask some of those people uh, around me that I know who are friends who do farming about some of the things that would help to establish a good, uh, to have a good harvest, to establish a good crop. And without fail, every single conversation, it led back to the importance of the soil. And the soil is very important. And Jesus is communicating that with his disciples. In Mark chapter four, as a matter of fact, he's trying to have this conversation uh, with his disciples. He's teaching and the crowd gets so big that he is uh, standing on the shoreline, maybe a grassy area like where I'm at today, but he begins to get so pushed by the crowd that he finds himself getting, um, pushed into a boat and he goes out to sea and he begins to teach from the boat and here's what he says to us in Mark uh, chapter 4 verse 3 he says listen to this behold the sower went out to sow and it came about as he was sowing some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and they ate it up and other seed fell on the rocky ground and it didn't have much soil and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil and after the sun had risen it was scorched and because it had no root it withered away and other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up, and they choked it, and it yielded no crop. And other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop, and they produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Let me stop right there for just a minute. You know, one of the things that I hope uh, in my life, and I would imagine you're hoping in your life, uh, life's not easy. There are a lot of things that we have to do. There's work, there's school, there's classes, there's virtual, there's online, there's all kinds of crazy things going on right now. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through all the work of doing that and not have some result. Uh, I get the privilege to help a lot of nonprofits around the country, and one of the things that I tell them that's not original is that if you continue to do the same thing and you expect different results, that's the definition of, right, insanity. And yet, spiritually speaking, a lot of us do that in our spiritual lives. We continue to operate the same way, doing the same things, and we expect different results. And as I get older, I want to see some spiritual fruit in my life, some spiritual result. And Jesus is telling the disciples here, he's kind of pointing out that it's very important about that soul. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 9, as he was saying this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10, he says, Soon he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, they began asking him about these parables. Now, we know parables are important. Parables are this short uh, discourse that Jesus gives. I've heard people say they're a uh, you know, heavenly story with an earthly 
lesson or an earthly lesson with a heavenly story. Either way, uh, Jesus used these parables, and the Greek word parable is used in Luke chapter 4. Uh, for what we would normally call some of us maybe a Proverbs, Jesus used these parables, all that to say. He used them a lot to try to explain to people what was going on, and yet still sometimes they didn't understand. And we get to Mark chapter 4, verse 11. Jesus was saying to them, answering their question, he could tell they didn't quite understand about this parable. And he says, To you it's been given the mystery of the kingdom of God, but those who are outside get everything in parables, in order that while seeing they might see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they return and be forgiven. And he said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How are you going to all understand the parables? And he begins to explain, which a lot of times Jesus didn't explain, what are you saying? But he begins to explain this parable. He said, The sower sows the word. And these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes the word which has been sown in them. And in a similar way, these are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word immediately, they receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others on whom seed was sown among the thorns, these are the ones who've heard the word. And the worries of the world and deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and they choke uh, the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soul and they hear it, accept it, and they bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. This is one of the, the few passages of scripture where Jesus uh, talks kind of over the head of the disciples and begins spiritual language, uses spiritual language in one of the few places in the Bible where he tries to actually explain to people, hey, here's what I'm trying to say. And uh, There's not a lot really to add to this passage except maybe to help you and I put it into some modern day language, some modern day terms with what we see happening in our culture. So I want to do that this morning for you and for me. And here's the reality. The reality is, is as you listen to those scriptures and as I listen to those scriptures today, uh, everyone watching today, including this guy who's speaking, falls into one of those four categories that Jesus so uh, carefully described. Each of us are one of those four types of soil that Jesus describes. There's, there's nobody who doesn't fit into one of those four categories. All of us fit into one of those four categories. And uh, the first one is this. It's the soil that was... Uh, the seed that was was sown in the soil that Jesus tells us it was stolen by Satan. And the reason that it was stolen by Satan is because it had no depth. There was no relationship. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, He who has ears, let him hear. He said some of these things will not be discernible to those that have no spiritual connection. And that's the first kind of soil, the soil that is just apathetic. It's not responsive to the seed. It's not able to, to absorb the seed, to understand what it is that God's saying. And, you know, as a college student uh, myself, uh, I remember early in my college years when I finally decided it was time to get serious in my faith. Before that, I was that soil that was uh, that's being described right there by Jesus. I was the soil that when seed landed there, it, it, bear, it would bear no fruit because I was apathetic. Maybe you find yourself today, you're, you're just, you, you, you want to be spiritually minded and you want to be spiritually in tune, but for some reason your heart is just apathetic. Friend, can I just tell you, I've been there. Man, I've been there. And it's, it's not a great place to be because the hardness of your heart 
will prevent you from hearing the voice of God. And so for some of us today, that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves as that soul that, that the seed is going out, but it's bouncing off of our heart like concrete. You know, and I hear a lot of TV preachers and TV evangelists talking about planting seed. Most of the time they're talking about financial planting of seed. And we can talk about planting seed all day long. I can go out on the interstate and I can throw out seed. I can go out here into the to the campus and throw out seed on some of the asphalt, but it's not going to grow. So the seed is not so much important as where the seed is sown. And that's the soil that we're talking about. So I hope for you today, you're not that soil that's apathetic, but Jesus goes on to describe a second kind of soil. And he talks about that soil that uh, that fell out and it, it uh, the sun came up and it was scorched and it had no root and it withered away and that's the kind that we're talking about there and and you know what some of us can be like that soil that it it is planted and it comes up the sun comes out and that soil comes out but it is it's scorched and as i was thinking about that kind of soil today i kind of described that soil as the flash in the pan soil you know the, the the part that really has no roots it looks good for a while when it's convenient, maybe to put it in our language, when it's convenient to be spiritual, we're spiritual. When it's to our advantage to be spiritual, we will be spiritual. When there's something in it for us, we'll be spiritual. You know, I know even in college again myself, if there was a particular young lady that happened to be at BCM, Baptist Campus Ministry, Collegiate Ministry, or Chapel Service, man, I was there. I was there because there was something in it for me. But that's not the kind of soil that Jesus is talking about there. He's talking about this flash of the pan soil. And here's the deal. For some of us, we, we are maybe been a flash in the pan because we expected spiritual results like that. And one of the things about planting soil that I've discovered with my own garden is it takes a while for things to be harvested. It takes a while for things to grow. And some of us won't stay in the soil long enough, allow the seed of God to stay in our heart long enough to actually bear fruit. We're too impatient. We want God to act right now. We want God to do it right now. We want to grow. We look at people who are maybe spiritual giants that we look at in our lives, and we want to be like them, and we think it should happen tomorrow. And so we have a flash-in-the-pan kind of soil for us. And soil, uh, seed going in the soil, it takes time for that seed to germinate, to produce fruit. Genesis chapter 8 talks a lot about that. It talks about sowing in a time for harvest. And you know what I've discovered as well for that particular soil that Jesus is talking about there, not to be a flash in the pan, what you and I need so that we're not that kind of soil, so that we're not just living by convenience is perhaps we need accountability in our life. The reason perhaps we're not seeing spiritual fruit happen because of our being impatient or maybe falling into temptation is because we need accountability of a brother or sister in Jesus in our lives. So I don't know if that's where you find yourself today in that particular kind of soil. Maybe so. Are you willing to give it time? Are you willing to give the seed time in the soil of your heart to grow and to germinate and to do God's work? Because God wants that to happen. And then this third kind of seed that he talks about there, he says that it came and it fell into that soil, that third kind of soil where the thorns were. And the thorns came and they choked it up and it yielded no crop. You know, I think about what Jesus may be saying and how we could apply that to where we are today with, 
with the soil and of our own lives. And I, I just kind of wrote down these notes for myself that we're surrounded by thorns. You know, how could we not be surrounded by thorns in the, the world in which we live? There's so much chaos and confusion. There's division. There's uh, political persuasion. There's a lot going on in our world uh, that can distract us and defeat us and not allow us, like the earlier soul we talked about, to germinate and to grow, to let that seed find root. And see, the Word of God is what overcomes the evil one. This is the Word. Jesus is talking about the seed of the Word being planted in our life, and the Word of God is what overcomes the evil one. We, we read about that in the book of 1 John chapter 2. I think it's around verses 15, 14, 15, right in there. We talk about, he says, Young man, I write to you so that you would... Uh, the, the Word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. And so for that Word of God to abide in us, the seed has to go into that kind of soil where the thorns of life, the distractions of life will not uh, snatch out and sniff out and snuff out the seed that has been planted. The thorns won't come up and choke it out. So I, I just wrote down this question. I mean, again, Jesus has already explained this parable in these scripture verses that we're looking at, but I just wrote down this question for me. What, what is the thorn in my life? What is the thorn in your life, friend? What is it? What is that thing that is distracting you or defeating you or choking out your spiritual walk with God? Can I just humbly encourage you to do this? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. What is the thorn that is snuffing out God's work in your life. You, you, you may have relatives that are speaking into your life. Hopefully you have parents maybe that are speaking into your life. Friends, professors here on this campus that are speaking into your life, that are sharing the truth of God with you. Chapel services like this. All these, these spiritual things that I hope God is using to plant seed in your life. What is it that you're allowing to snuff out the truth of God's word? What are those thorns in your life? Man, you're thinking of them right now. I don't have to list them. There are so many in our world. I listed a lot of general things. But there's also some personal things. I listed big picture things like politics and division. And, but there's some personal things that can snuff out the seed of God's Word in our lives. They can be our own things, that are our own temptations that lead us astray. They can be personal distractions. They can be personal issues with our family they can there's there's so many things that they they could be happening to snuff out god's power god's the power of god's word in our life what is it for you i want to encourage you to find a friend you can share those things with and i wouldn't make it without those kind of friendships i have a book coming out in just a few weeks uh, actually next week and i've been discovering that we are the loneliness, uh, loneliest generation on the planet. And I think one of the reasons is we're connected technology-wise, but we're not connected enough in our hearts to other people to have real relationships and friendships with people, people that care enough about us that can look at us and say, hey, there's something that's distracting you. There's something that's taking you away from the power of God being able to work in your life. Do you have those kind of friendships? I'm not saying it's easy. In 50 years of being on this planet, I've only got about a half a dozen people that I could identify who fit that category. But they're needed. Because the Bible tells us the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And part of his destruction, in this analogy, this parable that Jesus is mentioning, Jesus calls those distractions and those things that the enemy would use thorns that come up and choke out the crop, the seed of God. But let's look at the last one. I love this one. 
says other seeds fell into the good soil and as they grew up and increased they yielded a crop produced 30 60 hundred fold man i want to be that kind of soil you know what else i've discovered about being that kind of soil and forgive me this may not be appropriate but forgive me i just really felt like i needed to share this with you as i talked about some of my friends about farming and planting some of these things that i've planted over the last few weeks Without fail, when they talked about good soil, they recommended some things for me to pick up at the Home Depot because all we have where I live in South Carolina is red clay mud. And without fail, every one of those friends that I talked to, probably six or seven friends I, I asked that were pretty good at farming and gardening, gardening uh, said to me, uh, pick up some manure. <laughs> pick up some manure. And I, I, I want to be... Uh, I don't want to be flippant, but I laughed at them and I said, so basically what you're telling me is to get things to grow, I need a little crap in my life. And they said, yeah. And I really felt like as I've studied this passage of scripture and this talks about good soil, the, the, the truth of the matter is it's true for us spiritually. I'm not talking about the, the distractions of evil as being manure. I'm talking about the challenges of life, suffering, trials, the fact that living for Jesus is not a bed of roses. There are challenges that we face every day, and some of those things that we might deem as crap, some of those things that we might deem as manure are the things that God is using to cultivate in us the kind of soil that we need to have for the Word of God to take root. Some of you are facing some challenging things, even with this semester. All of us are facing the challenge of virtual and online and COVID and all these things for sure. But some of you are facing other things. And I want you to encourage you to look at some of those sufferings and some of those challenges as the manure that God is putting in the soil of you so that the seed of his word will grow and come to fruition 30, 60, 90, 100 fold. Because that's what it takes to have good soil, right? I had to mix a lot of that in here in South Carolina where I live. A lot of that in the red clay mud, some sand even to, to break up the mud in there, some, some manure, some topsoil. So as, if you want to be that kind of good soil, striving to be holy and desiring to obey God, loving your brother and doing all the things that Jesus would describe as being good soil here, then you may have to endure a few little problems along the way so that the soil of your life comes ready to take the seed of God's word you know the last thing I'd say to us as we wrap up today I just want to encourage you to ask yourself which kind of soul are you are you that first soul that's kind of apathetic and hard like the asphalt like the concrete are you that soil where the roots go down for a little bit but the Sun comes out and we discover that the roots weren't really deep because maybe you've built a lot of your spiritual life on other people or on convenience or maybe you're that third kind of spiritual fruit, spiritual soil, and you want to see fruit come out of your life, but as you have been planting and growing, the thorns come and the evil one comes and distraction comes. But I believe there's some of you watching today and you, you're that last kind of soil that Jesus is talking about. You're the good soil. Man, challenges have come. You've endured suffering. Things have come along your way that God has used to just till that soil and make your soul rich to be able to absorb the truth of God. And today's your day because the soul's ready for the word of God.
all of us fall into those four categories. One of those four categories. As I thought about those four categories, though, I wrote a, I wrote a note here, and I want to encourage you. As I as I read God's word, I write. I just write down. I write down sometimes in the Bible. Sometimes if I have my computer or laptop, I type it in. Sometimes I write on a piece of paper. But I I ask questions. And here's the thing that I wrote down about this parable of Jesus. You see that of all the different kinds of soil that Jesus described. Throughout all those descriptions of the soil, I noticed something. There was never a problem with the seed. There was never a problem with the seed. In other words, there's never a problem with the Word of God. The problem is the type of soil on which the seed falls, on which the Word of God falls. As I think about, okay, why are these things not working in my life? Why am I not, why am I not um, being the kind of person that Jesus describes I should be in some area of my life. If, if I'm asking that question, if the seed is not producing what it's supposed to produce in any area of my life, it could be that my heart, the soil of my heart, is the issue. Because the seed, the Word of God, is never the problem.